this is Amelia Richardson Dress, Minister for Community Faith Formation at United Church of Christ Longmont, and you are listening to a seasonal podcast I do called In Other Words, Talking to Kids About the Stuff That Matters. In this podcast, I interview experts on all of the hard things in parenting from an inclusive Christian perspective. I've talked to people about creating inclusive family cultures, raising kids who are anti-racist, handling grief, talking about death, and lots of other worthwhile and tricky things. You can always look back on the in the Faith and Families tab on the UCC Longmont website. All right. I wondered, just first of all, if you would tell us a little bit about Story Camp Danger Camp and how it got started and your philosophy and just kind of the work you do there. Yeah. So, you know, for a long time, this was actually kind of a tough question to answer, um, because it's a child-directed curriculum. Well, I would say it's a child-directed program. Uh, We focus on circus art and survival skills, which is kind of a punchy way of of saying, you know, in in addition to all of the the circus activities we do, we also spend a lot of time in nature and incorporate things like archery and fire building and orienteering. I worked as an educational therapist for a while and found that incorporating circus into work with some of the kiddos was just amazing and um, it was so multifaceted that it worked for a lot of different kinds of personalities. So at the camp we include aerial dance, we do juggling, we do a lot of clowning, we do acrobatics, Um, we've even done fire spinning before, uh, unicycling, and then one of the wonderful things about circus art is that it offers opportunity for, for a lot of theater and art So we incorporate puppetry and we do costuming and set building, uh, oftentimes creative storytelling together. And that's sort of where the the name comes from. And then the other side of that, the survival skills is, like I said, archery, fire building, orienteering. We do a lot of hiking, shelter building, things like this. But all of that is more just not necessarily an excuse, but they're the activities that we lay out for the kids. They can participate if they want to. Usually they do, but we're just outside a lot. And so it's really just offering a lot of time in nature. One of the things, and you spoke to this a bit, is that the kids seem to want to be involved. I mean, it doesn't seem to be like you have to do this right now, but the opportunities are there and they're rich and they're exciting and kids want to enter into them. And it sounds like that's a space that you're really intentional about creating. Yeah. One of the, one of the really great things um, about doing it this way is that it encourages us as teachers to be so present because even though we lay out a very uh, structured kind of curriculum, we do that so that we can sacrifice it usually (laughs) because, (laughs) because while we have all of these activities that the kids, they can participate in if they'd like to, it's not forced. I mean, we, especially with some of the things that might be a little scary, we definitely encourage them. And it's wonderful to see repeat campers come in and start to really take the reins. And so they are encouraging now, you know, the newer kids and their friends. But we're not, we're not forcing anything. And really, our job as teachers in the program is to respond to when children are lighting up. And so when we, you know, kind of lay out the banquet of possibility for for the week, we see what what sticks and where children are really excited and then um, kind of adjust accordingly. 
And one of the things you and I have talked about before is you are really passionate about encouraging curiosity in kids. And I wonder why you think curiosity is such an important skill to encourage. Gosh, curiosity is the engine of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like curiosity is to learning as hunger is to nourishment. It's what, it's what drives it. And, you know, when I reference a child-directed curriculum, it's the curiosity we're following. And, and it's important not only to recognize and encourage it in the children, but also to facilitate the same in ourselves. One of the most important qualities in teachers we hire is a sense of curiosity because it can be modeled and because it, you know, it's just children being around engaged people. It's also important to be curious about what the kids are curious about so, so that we are able to validate what they want to learn. It really feels like almost anything can be taught through the lens of that which is capturing the imagination of a child. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever it is that they are enamored with at a certain moment, you know, we can, we can go into that and, and learn about it. And it's, yeah, I mean, I like the, <laughs> the kind of hunger analogy because you can imagine how much easier it is to digest your food when you're hungry for it than when it's kind of just being given to you. And, and I do feel like learning is so much more comprehensive when a child is, when a, not just a child, but a person is, is driven to explore it. Yeah. So lately, one of the things that I have heard, one of the concerns that I've heard people express is a concern about uh, curiosity in the digital age and uh, a question about whether children are losing their sense of curiosity. And there's kind of this sense that technology shuts down curiosity. And I'm wondering if you find that that is true. Um, yes, but I also think that it's, it's kind of complicated because I feel like there are a lot of things, uh, that are, that sometimes shut down often unintentionally an experience of curiosity and, it can be really hard in a conventional school setting where there is a real agenda around what is, what needs to be taught, what needs to be eventually measured through testing or whatever. So I think that teachers can be limited with a rigid curriculum and that can feel like, you know, squashing curiosity when a child wants to learn about a certain thing. That's one aspect. As far as digital media goes, I think what it does is that it's like a, a sugary replacement for interest. You know, every year we sit down and we write out the schedule for the day more and more. We're just, you know, creating that window of like free time, you know, play in the woods because you see so many incredible things happen there. And sometimes kids are like sitting on a log for a little while, like, what do I do? But it doesn't take long. So we lost a little bit of sound there, but uh, you mentioned time in nature, and you also mentioned just space for kids to experience downtime and even a little bit of boredom. And I wonder, uh, in addition to those those two things, which I think are both very important things, is there anything else that parents can be doing to support curiosity at home? I mean, I really think being curious yourself mm-hmm. is hugely important. And being curious about you know what is happening and that does that does encourage a lot of presence i mean a few activities i find that are just 
everywhere I've gone, <laughs> kind of universally, universally great for encouraging curiosity is that making up stories with, with your children is, is really fun. And I think can, it, it helps to create a world. Do you think that grown-ups are less curious than children? Is this something that we grow out of as we get older? I, I think it can be challenging for people because the curiosity is often a very vulnerable one. <laughs> children are primed for learning and are more curious. Um, but it doesn't mean that curiosity is any less important to practice. And while it may come more naturally to kids than grown-ups, it, it's still, I mean, I, I would say that it's the thing that keeps us young. When we're interested, we're part of the world. So I guess, yes, but it doesn't mean that it's um, impossible or hard to be curious. Uh, being around kids is actually really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I often find that being around kids recharges that battery of curiosity um, and helps reclaim a part that is easy to let slide otherwise. And then some of what you talked about was also related to creativity. And so I wonder, are those two things related? Uh, does creativity feed curiosity or vice versa? I, yeah, I mean, my yes, I think they do feed each other. And I think that creativity, at least in my experience and with kids, seems to be born of and, and there are a few things that are related to it because I think people can be very creative, but there's often like a, a block to expressing that creativity. An event that happened or, you know, you, you know even in just conventional education, it, what we want to learn about is often not what we're learning about. And that can feel kind of confusing, even subconsciously. Um, yeah. Creativity is a kind of way of going even deeper taking the world into you and then kind of reflecting it out again. But I love that question. I want to sit with it even, you know, for a, a longer period of time and just see how, see how they're related. Um, I think having a really safe space where you can be curious and then without feeling judged or even judging yourself can start to strengthen that muscle of creativity it's it's incredible to watch kids you know we, we sometimes will sit in a circle and we'll do almost like an exquisite corpse where one child will tell part of a story and the next child will take it up and then tell another part of the story and we go around and it can be hard for some kids even you know even young kids seven and eight years old because it feels like what their ideas are maybe sound weird or strange so Somewhere in that equation, I think really creating a safe space is important, too. You mentioned earlier that current approaches to conventional education are one of the challenges to curiosity. And I know that that's a concern that so many teachers and parents share right now. Do you think there are ways for parents or community groups to counterbalance some of that? Yes, I absolutely think there's a way to. And, and I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, it is... It is a real challenge and for, for teachers to have, to have this kind of material that has to, you know, that has to be taught. And, and the material isn't so much the, the challenge. I think it's the, um, it's the metrics that we use to 
assess whether or not the material is being assimilated. And so, you know, I'm talking about testing and things like that, because that can create a lot of stress. I think that the free time, like Mm -hmm. really the free time is one of the simplest ways of being able to like re rediscover curiosity. Um, And I think parents, you know, when you, when you can help your child, especially if they're asking for help around homework and things like that, so that it's not creating this stress that can be wonderful, but having time in nature and free time is just, uh, it's just such a wonderful incubator for creativity and curiosity and can help to offset, offset some of the stress that can come with all of the things that we have to do for school and being engaged with the material that our children are learning is, is really great too, because because there can be different perspectives. And again, this is a big, this can be a big challenge for parents, but there's this great polarity where, you know, like homework sucks or school sucks. And this is something we hear on a regular basis and it's tough, but just a little, a little shift in how we're looking at certain kinds of material can, can recreate that spark and can actually have, you know, help children find the curiosity. That's a helpful perspective of just, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope it's not too vague, but I do think that we can't, you know, it's, it's hard with how things are to have a, an individual-centered educational experience. And, you know, teachers are, are doing incredible work, but they're still teaching to a large class and they have a lot of material. But, but that's where, you know, just taking a little bit of time as parents or just, you know, loved ones with a child, um, finding out what they're learning about and then offering something else, something that, you know, oh, I know, I also know that you're really into cooking. So why don't we, you know, incorporate, you know, the history of the Middle Ages or something into this like cooking experience? You know, there, there are all these little seeds that we can, we can make the material relevant for that child. I'm really appreciating this point that you're making about finding a kid's passion or their interest and then using that as sort of a doorway into other subjects that may not be as compelling for that particular kid. Yeah, and, and you know, just going back a little bit to the digital media piece, I think that there is a, there's a fine line there because often that's where kids are really you know, they're like really attached to it, really excited about it. And um, I do think that, you know, screen time and all those things, it's very healthy to limit it. But polarizing it to say it's just bad or, you know, is is also problematic because, you know, if a child is interested in it, saying that it's bad is only going to, you know, kind of widen that chasm between child and their experience of the world and what grown-ups think is important but making some of the material I think social media is really hard (laughs) but you know like some of the video games or the shows and and you know you can use those as opportunities also to to connect Um, not necessarily even engaging with the digital device at all but you know finding the story inside whatever whatever game or movie or show or and then relating that whether it's to homework or material or just you know your own experience that can create opportunities for connection 
is there anything I didn't ask that you think would be important or helpful for parents to know? I think that you did a really great job um, <laughs> asking great questions. And it's been like a gift to be able to sit and reflect on a lot of these things. I think parenting and working with children requires so much courage because the kind of love that comes with that experience often makes it so that we are trying to protect kids all the time. And I would say that the more we can stretch ourselves to trust our children, to let them take certain risks, you know, to kind of let them be alone for periods of time and, and, and explore the world around them, I think it's really good for development. I think it's really good for children and establishing a sense of self. And um, yeah, so I just think that that kind of courage when... <laughs> When it feels like, of course, we can't let them do this. Or, of course, you know, just kind of checking in and seeing if, if, if we can stretch ourselves a little bit more to allow for children to really direct themselves a little. I think the other side is just really, really listening to kids. And this is, and when I say listening, not just listening to what they're saying, although that, of course, is important, but listening, you know, seeing what they're into, what lights them up and what, what seems maybe scary to them, understanding their world a little bit more. That, at least for me personally, has been one of the most enriching experiences of my life because it makes it so that I get to leave myself a little bit. I get to really like be there for a child, listen to them, see, and, and they're incredible teachers. Children are incredible teachers. <laughs> So those two pieces, I would say trust more and listen more, if possible. I made so many notes while I was talking with Katrina because so much of what she talks about in terms of educational goals and developmental values for working with kids are also important for spiritual development. I think curiosity is something that churches have often overlooked as a spiritual skill. And I think sometimes we have done that in the interest of uh, ensuring that kids have enough knowledge or that we tell them enough about God. And that's come out in a lot of different ways. But I think that one of the things that we would be better off teaching is curiosity, because I think that that's a foundational aspect for helping kids develop a healthy and a rich spiritual life where they want to get to know more about God and to experience spirituality deeply on their own. And so I am renewed and just invigorated in continuing to figure out how we can support that as parents and also as a church community. I would love to hear your ideas and your experiences. So please uh, reach out to me in any way, and you can always email me at address at ucclongmont.org. That's it for this week. <laughs>